At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Forever. Dog. Will theater ever exist how we yeah. remembered uh, it before? Do you I think? think it will. I think it will, but not anytime I mean, soon. That's crazy. Not for like years, I think. Years? Yeah, I think years. Yeah. Then what? Yo, I'm gonna say what's so sad about this. I was talking talking to my agent before everything broke down, and I was like, man, how do how do I get in this theater circle, man? Like I'm just trying to get some of these small plays, and then it's gone. Now people are yeah. just doing table reads online. And I'm like, ugh. And honestly, I feel like it would be hard for us to like, to. it would have been hard. Because I was thinking, I didn't, I didn't ask, but I was thinking something similarly as well before the world shut down. And I just feel like it would be hard for us to, for us to just slide into a play. <laughs> like they're yeah. like, no, we got, we already got 12 dudes that we <laughs> like to work with. We're not trying to, who are you? Like what? <laughs> All right, let me see the monologue or whatever. <laughs> like that little thing. I always appreciated it. I don't feel like I took it for granted, but it's also, I don't know. It's just bizarre to live in a world where it's like, Hey, there's actually like no, the- there's no, like, I mean, I guess there are probably some people doing outdoor stuff, but like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about like, being in like a black box theater like with actors right there i don't know it's just so different yeah just with both with comedy and acting uh, we might have talked about this on the um uh the last movie that we did the uh Bahraini one but i i feel feel similarly mm. bray like i i didn't go see it enough i don't think yeah. like i don't think i took it for granted but i also don't think i like now that it's fully gone i'm like damn i missed there's so many things that i feel like i just missed that like it'll be so long before something like that is is back in my life again it's one of those things where i think like once like hedonism in the world like everybody they want it's gonna be theater galore clubs are gonna be popping because it's one of those things where you think about I, I out here in LA, I drove past um the now closed uh UCB theater and I was just looking at it, gated up, lights off. And I can't imagine being in New York City walking down Times Square and just seeing theaters shut down with the with the gates up. Like that is oh my gosh, man. I I don't know. I will say January, for some reason, it hit me that we're almost yeah. we're almost at a year mark of this. It's like, I haven't seen people. I can't watch playoff games at a bar and like scream at a TV. I can't, I can't go to a movie theater. We can't see theater. It's like, this is, I'm like, yo. There are yeah. people out here risking it, I feel like. They're like, I've been so scared. They're like Wait. illegal parties and like little, I just feel, you know, like my cousin uh, told oh, me yeah. like he spent this one night in Miami. Oh. Don't you, don't you, oh, <laughs> like you didn't know what you were Wait doing. <laughs> what was Ray that? just said, oh, after. He... Oh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about this. Stu- no, because I was like, was talking that to my cousin, like your discovery? He, you know, he told me about this one night in Miami. Oh, did you just, did you just. I, I just, well, it's just, <laughs> just, 
I don't know, that sound, for some reason that sounds so I don't familiar. Do this. I don't want to do this. It's the title of the movie, and you know it is. Oh, yes, you know. So <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Stop I don't saying oh, yo, you're a jackass. <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City! There's been times that I thought I wouldn't last for long. But now I think I'm able to carry on. It's been a long long time a long time coming, but I know. Is that your best Sam cooking? <laughs> James, I don't know why your Sam oh, cook yeah, sounds. What's the best way to put it? He don't sound like a he don't sound like a soulful black man. <laughs> Not like Sam Cook. <laughs> I well because it's early and I didn't get the chance to warm up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And okay, I, okay. I would have at least tried to sing it full out, <laughs> but but it's early. I wasn't trying to hurt nobody. The today. most <laughs> detailed audition I've ever had in my life is like a three, four years ago. It was for like um, Drunk History, and it was an audition of Sam Cooke. And like James made me do this detailed ass audition where I like syncing audio and shit like that. I was like, yo, also remember. Remember in Green Book when um the black dude didn't know who Sam Cooke was? The voice yeah, of the generation? Yeah, it's disgusting. It's, it's it's disgusting. I can't believe you just reminded me of one of the worst lines in that movie. I can't believe they wanted us to believe that this popular black musician didn't know. <laughs> Classical, yeah. Uh, Green Book sucks. Uh, okay. <laughs> like... Brother, let me I, teach you about black things. I will oh say God. though, that's part of the this part of the movie. Leslie, Leslie, everybody did a great job. But when they cut away and we like saw all the everybody, what everybody else was doing, like while the song was happening, oh, at the end mm-hmm. of the movie, I, it yeah. dropped out of my mind that it was Leslie Odom Jr. singing. It sounded so yes, much right? like Sam Cooke that I fully forgot. And then they cut back to him, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's been him this whole time." So good. <laughs> I like, forgot it was so good. It was such a great. He he really such got a, it yeah. down. I'm gonna listen to that song. This is a perfect now. role for him. Absolutely. Um. Oh yeah. So before we start talking about this movie, uh, this um very delightful kind of fun, charismatic voice you're listening to right now is Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not going I'll, after that no more. I'm not. That's doing. right. Okay, I'll go. Hold on. I'm not doing. <laughs> and this delightfully cheerful and uh you know like just very polite and 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 fun sounding voice it's james the third why can't y'all just be regular this how come we regular. can't just start with y'all just being normal people this is how we sound all right life. so and that regular angry voice you hear right now is dropped. <laughs> <laughs> i started off the podcast jovial but y'all never do the thing we're supposed to do right or whatever man Where's my drink? What time is it? <laughs> we are a film review podcast. We review films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context of race, 
and diversity in Hollywood. And And today we are reviewing One Night in Miami, uh, directed by Regina King. Come on, Regina King. Come on, 227. Come on. From 227 to One Night in Miami. Come Come on, on, Riley. Come on, Riley. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Riley. Shit. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, it stars Leslie Odom Jr., Aldous Hodge, Ellie Gorey, and then Kingsley Benadir, I believe is how he pronounces his last name. I mean, just anointed, just extremely ta- talented dudes. <laughs> they were all so yeah, good. Yeah, they all were great. The guy playing Muhammad Ali, I know people keep talking about Kingsley, but like that dude. He was great. He, I had, I had never seen him before, and I was like, this guy is phenomenal. You know? I was like, he's great. Well, I think both of them had such a tough task because, you know, Denzel Washington Mm. in Malcolm X did such a great job and Will Smith in Ali did such a great job. So it's like they're not only having to compete against the real historical figures of these two, you know, icons, but also like the most famous black actor (laughs) (laughs) of our generation. And they have to like compete with their performances of those characters too. And I, and it's true. They both did such a fantastic job. It's it's pretty crazy. This movie um, is a a fictional account of a night when Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown uh, get together after Ali's, um, first uh, world championship win over Sonny Liston. Uh, It's based on a uh, stage play uh, written by, is it, I guess, Kemp Powers. Kemp Powers, baby. Kemp out here. wrote the play and the screenplay. Mm -hmm. His last three years are It's insane. His last three years I was just talking to Kat about specifically his last three years and how insane. (laughs) Yo, my man, god damn. It was like he went from like, just like black intellectuals knowing who he was. So it's like, oh no, this nigga's making shit now. Like, anyway, power to you. Yeah. It's the... Oh damn, that sounds weird. <laughs> we, just did, we just did Soul, which he wrote um, or co-wrote as well. Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's at 98%. Uh, Absolutely. It has an 80, 84% audience score, which makes sense. It's a play. It's, you know, so this is, again, another movie that's based off of a play. So... It's uh that kind of style is you're gonna minimum you're gonna have mass a thirty minute scene minimum. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be at least one thirty minute scene. <laughs> Very few locations, you know, <laughs> a lot of talking. Um, but uh, it, it, yeah, very much actors an actors movie. Um, all right, shall we do initial thoughts? Yeah. Okay. I'll damn. Start. Listen, this movie <laughs> was fantastic. I loved it. The acting was so good. The directing was so good. I didn't know the play before. And so I found that that was that was frustrating to me because I like to like when something feels so strongly like a play, it's there's you, you, you get this extra element of enjoying, like seeing how they adapted it and having that under, understanding of it. But like to not know the play was just frustrating. I was just mad at myself for not, for not mm-hmm. knowing what it was. Apparently there was like there were the reading in new york was in 2012 or something and so it's like we were around i didn't see it i'm upset at myself at the beginning it felt very much like a play to me but then once the like the conflict between the four guys 
jumped off. Like I, I started to, even though we were just sitting in the hotel room for so much of it, I started to like to forget that and like it really and get really invested into it and i would have these moments of like oh wow i i forgotten that i was watching it didn't feel like i was watching a play it felt like i was watching a, a, a movie um i thought all of the acting was really good i thought all of the characterization like the, the i guess um impersonations of of the people that they played were all really strong from the ones that i could discern this was so good it made me wish I could act, but like, not like wish I could be acting in a play. It made me wish I could do what they were doing. Like, I was like, I can't do, I can't do this. I'll, I'll never be able to do what they are doing right now. Like this, I don't see this in my, <laughs> oh my God, future. Yeah. I don't see, I don't, I don't see, I just, it's like, I think this is, it's time to hang up the hat. Let's leave the acting to these four oh men. God. I thought you were going <laughs> like, to be encouraged by this. <laughs> I know that's, Kat yeah. yelled at me. She was like, I feel encouraged after stuff like this. I was like, nope, I think I, I really feel like <laughs> this is the end of the line and then i just want to say one more time that regina really did a, <laughs> this is the end regina did a line. really great job she did a fantastic um she did a fantastic job directing this i thought there were so many so, fun moments um and and it and it, and the and the uh pacing was so it was so good I, I just thought she did a she did a great job yeah this movie i i i really did like this movie i i will say like as much as I talk so much about loving play movies, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we did Ma Rainey, it, it, it there was a point in this where, like, I think it was like the midway point, like about an hour or something, and I was like, "All right, oh. how much more?" <laughs> oh wow! Like, oh no! <laughs> it's just so. It's just. It's just like it's a lot. It's a lot to sit. You're saying it at the point I was invested. <laughs> Wait, what? What was the point you started? You were invested. It was like uh, right when they, when the, when the conflict really jumped off. So I think it was around halfway through because it was like after they, after they come down from the, from the roof, or maybe it even starts to well, happen. That's when I, right? The roof, like, it was right, pretty much towards the end of the roof that I was like, I had paused it at some point, and then I saw how much time was left, and I was like. Oh, Hilarious. <laughs> just because it's like because this movie is almost two hours long the play itself was 90 minutes i feel yeah. like this movie is longer than the the play which is which which for me is like that that's not necessary um <laughs> but i but that said like it, it was like like the acting was so incredible i love the different conversations that they're having you know, um, the tension, like, I mean, obviously, particularly between uh, Malcolm X and, and Sam Cooke, like the combos that those two had and the fights and stuff, like it was very interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about. I thought the directing was great. Um, you know, it's, it, it is one of these movies where. Um, it's like, I think the best directing gets out of the way a little bit and like just allows for the uh the actors to like do their thing and kind of like take up take up the the screen i guess um because there's not a lot of like action happening or anything um it did like there was this like the 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 score was good too because they were they they had all this different sense of unease and i was like what's good like it was like i was like what's going on it, it did keep me like intrigued a little bit because i was kind of confused um but like in a good way but yeah it it was it was good i i think not that they need to be compared <laughs> but i probably enjoyed Ma Rainey's black bottom a little more but 
I thought the conversations that they had in this, like the actual like issues that they were talking about, felt more felt a little more relevant to me. Um, but they're they're yeah, it was it was a great. Movie. No, I'm actually happy I, I went after you, Bray, because it's funny. I like uh, One Night in Miami far more than I like Ma Rainey. And it's only because I remember during Ma Rainey, I even said, it's like, I have a hard time with theater movies because it feels like they're just talking and, I, and it doesn't feel cinematic. Whereas like this, they were talking, but the look felt different than Ma Rainey. Like the intensity felt different. But yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of talking, but I think also because they were talking about like black shit, I really was down for it. But it's funny because I was going to say, like, I hope as we talk about this movie, I can figure out why I liked it more. Because again, it was still a theater talky movie, but I, I liked it. Um, I thought the directing was was great. I also think this is a very smart directorial debut because it's not a lot of movement. It's not a lot of action. It's like kind of keeping it lo-fi, honest, not a lot of location changes. So the budget probably wasn't crazy. I think I do have a problem with Kingsley. And it's twofold for me because growing up, I went to the school and like uh, black history was, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but black history was like super important to my middle school, elementary school. Like once you got to second, third, fourth grade, um, all of the students every Friday for black history month, um, the kids had to embody a civil rights leader. It could be someone famous, someone not really known. And for like three years in a row, I did Malcolm X. So I have a weird obsession with Malcolm X. I do love Denzel's performance, but I also think Denzel was a little bit too strong. My problem with Kingsley is twofold. I think he is a fantastic actor, yes. I think his portrayal of Malcolm X isn't accurate to the, the findings I've had and read. I've read his books and, you know, I've seen some of his interviews. And even when he talks about his fear, his Malcolm seemed almost a little too passive and soft to an extent. And I'm like, I'm not sure Malcolm yeah. was that. I think the real Malcolm X is somewhere in the middle of, like, Kingsley and Denzel's performance. Also, I think for a man who left the Nation of Islam and started the, organi the organization of Afro-American unity, I do think there is something to having an Afro-American portray the founder of the organization of Afro-American unity. And I know Black is Black, but I do think something is starting to happen where, like, Martin Luther King was not portrayed by African-American, like... Um, you know, I mean, even even Fred Hampton like will not be portrayed by African American. And, and my mind is like, if we get to a world where, you know, we finally see Mecker Evers or or Stokely Carmichael on film, and those guys are not portrayed by African Americans either, is it, it's hard because I do understand racism in, in the UK and other places, but here in America, like you know, we just are starting to outlaw lynchings. You know what I mean? Like our families, like I can say my family in particular were people who marched. Like these are people who, like my family, like no new Marion Barry, like they were at the March on Washington. Like I've been to the Million Man March. Like there, there is something to like the hatred American has for the African-American and to sometimes not have African-American actors portray an experience that a lot of our relatives, our generation, a lot of our lives are defined by seems hurtful and sometimes they always say that thing of like oh we couldn't find an african-american to play this part it just feels like sometimes like it's it's also, also talking about that thing of like the performance itself also is enriched by that history being a part of the actors being a part of that actor's life you know like the history's directly affecting that actor and like who knows if like like you can say like yeah black is is black but then like if if the if the one thing that 
that Kingsley needed was that was that history being a part of him. How much more would that have amped up his performance? You know, yeah, I and, do and, think and again, I'm not trying. I'm really not trying to diss him because again, I've seen some of his stuff, and I'm like, he is a really good actor. It's just something about like when I hear people say we couldn't find a black person, an African-American to do this, it sometimes makes me feel like when people say, oh, we couldn't find a black person to get this job. And I always think, did you look hard enough? Like, there are black people qualified, but did you look? Like, anytime I see somebody in these big positions, like, did you look for a woman to be in this position? Did you try? And maybe she did. Like, I'm, I get it. Like, it's just... Did anyone actually say those words for Regina this said that he was the best actor for the job. And, and again, that is... Yeah. that is Right. That's, that's different than we can yeah, find. You're 100% a, right. It's just something yeah. that... To me, it's just the consistency of seeing um, some of these parts go to people who don't have the African-American experience. And again, it's not dissing them. It's just hard because I know what Malcolm represented. All in all, it was a good movie. I just think I'm starting to have a problem with the British thing a little bit. I mean, you're definitely not starting. You've had a problem. Well, I think, I think, I think I've been so trying my best to like understand it because, you know, you were here, um, Daniel Coelho, and then, you know, um, John Boyega will talk about it. So my... So, I do understand that black people all over experience racism. It's just something about, I, I don't know. I'm just having a tough time because it's like, it, it feels like it's becoming so consistent. And it's like, again, I cannot imagine a British person playing Stokely Carmichael. I don't think Stokely, if he was alive, would be like, okay with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, it, it, it could happen if we ever talk about Stokely Carmichael. You know what I mean? So, um. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll probably I, talk about this more when we get into the episode. But I just wanted to ask you, Jara, about the thing you said about <laughs> Kingsley's performance being a little bit more more passive than 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 Denzel's. I'm, I was thinking about that too while watching this, but I wondered how much of that was uh, it was the writing, like uh, was the script, you know, uh, yeah, than than uh, like true, the actual true, actor's true, true. portrayal, and I and I don't know the line really, but true. I do think that 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 the script leaned more into like into like well, this is the fear he has. He thinks he's he knows he's gonna he yes. knows he's gonna die soon. You know, kind of that kind of thing. I feel like this script, like the play is try, and then Kingsley was trying to do this as well, was like trying to trying to kind of like do this like pinpointing of like the turn or whatever of like this is malcolm x like realizing like maybe i shouldn't be as militant as i have been or there's like a different way and he's like so he's like you have both like him like being super militant and then also kind of being a little more passive and realizing like oh there's a better way like I, the deeper he got into like his faith um his like islamic faith i think the more he realized like he saw the problems with the nation of islam with the leadership he saw like wait a minute like we the way that we're doing things are different and then so it's it's it was like uh he was kind of like trying to sh trying to show that like transition that that was happening yeah. at least that's no that's but that's I good felt. to know because i i agree that was happening for malcolm i guess in the betrayal and i think you're right james like it could a lot have been written it felt it didn't it it didn't feel as nuanced as like someone struggling with a thing. It felt like someone, and I do I do believe, and Denzel did this as well, and like it was very documented. Like Malcolm became very fearful and paranoid, um, but also Malcolm pressed forward For in a reason. way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Like he yeah. was killed by his own people. Anyway, let's not go down that rabbit hole. But I still think there was a strength to him, um, 
that wasn't in this film. I also think you have to like one of the reasons I liked this play was because it like humanizes all of them. Like one of the I think one of the lines that I loved the best was when Sam Cook was like, um, whoa, for a second, like you sounded like you weren't on television. Like and the idea that like Malcolm X like and I and I feel like that that I don't know if it's true, but I feel like it's very possible that like when you're when you are such a known leader especially like a social rights leader you know you put on there there anytime anybody is in front of a camera you're you are like putting on a performance in a way even if it's Mm -hmm. like kind of who you are but like if you're doing that so much then like that probably bleeds into your personal life too and and i love the idea that like there was like something a little bit behind like all this stuff and him be and like sam cook just being like just just be like be more than just this person who has to be an icon for civil rights um Mm. which which i feel like kingsley was trying to like give like a little like those nuances who knows if that's like actually accurate (laughs) or or not but it was like trying to show like well he's more than just the people that all of the images and videos that we see because all of that at the end of the day was still public like he he knew it was public. He knew he was being recorded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, none of us know what his, like, actual, how he was, like, in his private life outside of his own autobiography, mm-hmm. um, which is still a public showing of narrative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's, but it, <laughs> it's just like an artistic license kind of thing. Um, but it's, I mean, I don't know. Let's talk more about it, I guess, when we go into it. Yeah. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday, the money you earn, can be in your hands today with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day and up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. And look, guys, I know you're like me. Sometimes unexpected instances come up where you need a little extra cash. I know for me, we I got two dogs. Every now and then, one of these dogs eats something that they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> they be pooping, uh, you know, doing yeah, something. And I'm I like, we got to take this dog to the vet. And the vet's like, you got to give me my money. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, that's why you got something like earning because you can make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Jump Under Podcast, subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earning.com slash TOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, 
you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartless! Don't miss our new series, Smartless, on the road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. So, you open Google Chrome on your phone, you're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with, when you're supposed to be working. But this site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl, though. Sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. I do think you were talking talking earlier, Bray, about how this movie is longer than the play, and I'm and I not knowing the play at all was wondering how much that happened before the room was in the play. Like like all of those scenes, they, I'm sure yeah, they probably added all that. Yeah, none yeah, of it. They right? probably added all that just to get them out. Which yeah. again, I'm here for. And like I, the thing about Sam Cook, like I mean, I, you know, we all know about his um, untimely demise and like how sketchy it was. Um, so sketchy. Yeah, I can't bring myself to watch. Don't the, watch. I mean, don't watch. It's like what happens to him is like it. It, it don't make sense. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 he he was trying to do things that like a black person, a black man in music has never had done, and which is still hard to do now. Um, mm-hmm. and he was doing it back anyway. Uh, I was saying that because I think those moments needed to be added because I think what it did was it showed, especially the top of the movie when we got to see the setup of all three of them and the opposition all three of them faced kind of early on um and even like the questions i mean my the, then that's really tough and yes everyone uh, jim brown the famous activist sports uh you know he is a trump supporter so I want to say it. We acknowledge it. I'm moving past it. Um, oh, he is. I didn't yes, know that. yes, man. He be on Fox News. I, I don't know what happened. Come on, Jim. I don't know what happened. But I'm not going to talk about that version. Of, Come on, Jim. I'm not talking about that version of Jim Brown. But this oh, Jim, wait, no, no, what? no, Bray. I just don't want people to think we're not educated in like our 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 civil rights activists. I wasn't. I didn't know it is that. Yeah, I, also, I feel like this is my second time hearing this from you, Gerard. I feel like you Yo. knew this, but I'm, I erased it from my memory because I was like, I don't I'm, want this to I be have to Google Bray, this Don't now. do it. It's clips of him on Fox What's News. It's, it's, it's... What? No! Oh, no. Jim. Oh, my God. Okay. Jim! Uh, um, no. Okay. All right. You know... Well... Um... 
Melissa, Melissa just told uh, us our about. Just told us about. Just told us about his assault. That's why we all screamed, "Oh no!" At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> just, so, um, just, just so y'all know why we screamed, "Oh no!" So, the, so let's not talk about. Okay, let's not it. exalt. Jim yeah, Brown. he's not exalted. Yeah. But just to talk about the, the the racism he faced, I just wanted to say, like, it's really interesting to see this movie because at the point where we meet um, Jim Brown, he's one of the most important figures in in sports, and he goes to this white guy's house and suffers a sense of like subtle racism, but it's also super blatant. Like he's like, all right, let me help this white dude, you know, move some furniture. And he's like, oh, we don't have um, N words with the ER in the house. And, he, and the white dude says it like, come on, man. you Why Fact, would you, just, come on, man. Just comment. Just yeah. <laughs> He says it after telling him that he, that he's proud of him and like, and proud that he's from St. Simmons Island. And, he, and, and then we can do to help you, your family. But he says it, I think I think my thing about that I took from it is like, he said it so nonchalantly, like, come on, man, why, what, what you doing, man? You know you can't come in the house. And it's something about that kind of racism that I feel like Black people still experience today, where it's like, it may not be super overt. And sometimes I think people don't even understand what it actually is. Like I've heard like recently here in LA, you know, people be blasting like hip hop and shit like that. And you would just be at a red light and see a bunch of white kids screaming the N-word because they're listening to like... um future or uh or, or 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 the baby and i'm like and they just look at you and give you a nod and i'm like yo this is you can't no this, like this, this isn't what we do you know i don't approve any of this um, <laughs> none of this action is and just imagine could you approved. imagine being that accomplished that experience and still having to suffer that kind of racism and it's and that's just your day-to-day -day. and that's a good that is a good white dude as far as like, he yeah. is a good white man. You're on the porch. You're drinking your lemonade. You know, yeah. Like, but just in the south, you know, we don't, we don't let in words in the house. You know, we don't let in words that, in the house. I mean, that All was right, see you later. crazy. <laughs> wow. Bo Bridges, <laughs> Bo, Bo Bridges showed up to do this one scene and be the most racist person I've seen on screen yeah. in a long. Let well, me tell you what's so crazy. <laughs> because of James Woods, I am very, I look at people differently now because James Wood did all those <laughs> movies where he played a racist and James Wood is a blatant racist and it's like yeah were you just excited to say the n-word and get paid for it you know what I'm saying it's like I just everything my whole world changed I mean he was like he was like I'm living my truth <laughs> and that's what acting is yeah. you know like that's what it's like I'm guys don't don't do what I'm about to tell you don't do but don't look at James Wood's Twitter it's a hot mess uh anyway how did everyone else start <laughs> <laughs> this also felt very much like a play in terms of the writing but i don't know if that's just if right. i put it on there but the but the whole fight sequence you know we get ali and and uh, and, and he loses the fight the day before right like or is or he doesn't lose what am i thinking because he, he gets knocked lose. down he got up and because he because he gets knocked down and it looks like he got knocked out because the because they cut away, right? And then later right. on, we but realized, this is still like, a different fight, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Right, right. But also, it's one of those things where, like, the whole part was like, "Yo, goddamn, Mom not leaving so lit." He was too like, cocky. But like, he was cocky, and he was still winning. And it was like, yeah, he got knocked down. But he got knocked down because he wouldn't knock the dude out. Like he just wouldn't. Everyone's like, "Yo, just knock him out." He, and he wouldn't. He wasn't putting his hands up to like defend himself because he was trying to be like, I, I don't even need to put my hands up. You're so slow, I can. Just it was dodge. so disrespectful. <laughs> and in fact, if you think about that fight, is he did all those disrespectful things. He gets knocked down, 
when he gets up and then knocks the dude out because he's mad. And it's like, yo, you are so... <laughs> and he's like 21 or something that is... 22. 22. 22. It's like, he's so young. 22. It's like, you're such a disrespectful... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he was that. I I didn't... I, I don't know why I didn't Come on, know man. That. Cassius was... He's 22 when he beat Sonny Yo, Liston. Cassius was young. Yo, he It's so funny. My um, my stepfather has a, uh, a crazy fascination with Muhammad Ali or... Muhammad Ali. Um, and we had all these like fight videos growing up, like when he was um, training for like the Olympic team and all this stuff. And what you realize is, is yeah, people were like cocky and boxing, boxing, but he was so disrespectful to people to an extent <laughs> that it's like, even now, I don't think you could be that disrespectful. Like, there's no way now. He's like a he's like a wrestler. Yeah, yes, like, it's like, fake. Like, <laughs> like, like the people who talk up like that are 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 yeah, like pro wrestlers and like maybe UFC people from time to time. But like, you know, like it's I'm, yeah. To be that disrespectful as a boxer is is wild. To be that disrespectful, and then a person has the opportunity to literally knock you out and and potentially kill you, like. I mean, <laughs> his scariest insanity. fight to me was um the George Foreman fight. His whole rope-a-dope thing, like when he took all them hits, I was like, I, you know, I, I remember my stepfather watching, re-watching some footage from that, and I was like, man, I don't think I can watch boxing because like this is, like this is a blood sport, it's man. Brutal. Like it is, I mean, he was just getting beat, man. Anyway, but then, but then also I think the really crazy thing is um Sam Cook at the Copa. Because what I didn't realize until this movie is that I did watch the doc who killed um, Sam Cooke, and um, it didn't talk about when he became super big in the civil um, civil rights. Like we, he always had a career speaking for black rights, but musically, I didn't realize he only kind of changed up his music his last year. And it's so fascinating. It's like when this takes place, a year later, two of the men are dead. I feel like sometimes we get a chance to do something and like we always talked about like we get these roles and it's like none of us are like, you know, none of us have dealt drugs in the past, you know, whatever, whatever. We all have played criminals and looking at Sam Cooke have to play this room without his band, with, with uh, a band who does not know his music. And then to hear that line from that white woman being like such and such covered this song better. Knowing that like his song became so popular that white people covered it, and like this white lady is like, "Ugh, such and such did it." I, uh, come on, man! It's like, and he had to suffer that. And then that white dude came in all smarmy, like, "Oh, you really bombed." I was like, "Yo, the amount that black entertainers had to go through, even if you take it to like Marani, I know, uh, you know, Marani was based on a, a real person. Like the amount of money that she did not get for her music." You know what I mean? Like, we just kept suffering through stuff day in and day out. Ah! And Sam Cooke, man, he was one of the best of us. Ugh, guys. Why do we do... Man, where's Wakanda? Uh, like, can we... Can some... Where's... Where's... Where's, um... Um, Akon's, like, Black Utopia? Is he still building that? Wakanda? Is he still building that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Akon is like... I do know what you're talking he's about. He's building his own um, black method. I don't know if he's still building it or if he already built it. How do we if, get on the know, list? You got to get tickets. After after watching after watching this movie, me and Kat, we were talking about how the way that Martin Luther King and Malcolm X are taught to kids and how it's like... <laughs> and how it's like Martin Luther King believed, believed in nonviolence and therefore was good. Malcolm X believed in being violent. And that's violent, not true. And therefore he was became, bad. Like, and like, he became super modern. I remember I got in an argument... <laughs> 
I wore a shirt. I went to a predominantly white school. I wore a shirt that was the the, the first meeting of um, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. And um, our dorms were like yeah. um, apartments or whatever. And my roommate's girlfriend came in. And like I'm in my I'm in my bedroom. She walks to my door crying. I'm like, hey, yo, what's wrong? What's going on? She's like, how could you wear that shirt? And I was like, what? She's like, he hated us. Talking about Malcolm X. And I was like, excuse me? So now she's at my door. Her boyfriend's at my door. And I got two other white folks from down the hall at my door talking about some. How could you wear this shirt? We love you. And I was like, first off, all y'all little motherfuckers talk about how come you don't drive through PG because it's dangerous. You pieces of shit. And I remember saying, I remember saying, it's like, do you understand that Prince George's <laughs> County is the um, richest black county in the fucking United States? But yeah, y'all silly asses talk about you can't ride through the fucking city. And then she's like, but that's, <laughs> but like, but also, because my thing is, is, I have time. Right now. Like people be like, Dry people be like, they don't, they don't have to time them. to educate white folks. I got time. Because like, because if I educate you and you still say ignorant, dumb shit, that means you're a fucking <laughs> idiot and you like being ignorant. You're choosing it. And like, <laughs> I just, I just watched the last episode of Watchmen last night, and you know how when when Doctor Manhattan is like talking to you, but then suddenly he's talking to somebody else in another time. Because could you That's imagine? What just happened with Gerard. Gerard was in. Gerard was in his dorm room talking. But here's to the thing. Here's the thing. I was there in the dorm room next to him yeah. while it's, he and I was it's like, "It's hard, yeah. man." You know, this is my thing. Our dorms like little apartments. We all had a bedroom. These niggas came to my door. It's like it wasn't like we were in like the living space. I'm in my room, like I le- legit was reading a book for class. These niggas talking to me, and I'm like, "Yo, to be truthfully honest," and I had to educate them. Like, if you want to talk about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, they almost swapped. Like, Malcolm X became very moderate. He he understood the need for allies toward the end of his life, which also is one of the reasons he was alienated. Uh, Martin Luther King, after spending time in Chicago and seeing how much racism was in the North that was like supposed to be the the, the higher ground, became more aggressive. You know what I mean? Because he understood what he was going against. And also the black people in Chicago was like, yo, why are you here? We don't need you. You know? So I'm like, there is such a lie in how we educate these people. And like people bring up Martin Luther King, like the government weren't tapping his phones. Like, you know what I mean? Like people make it like he wasn't in papers. And the problem is because if you even think about even just school class periods, they're like 45 minutes long at most. (laughs) And Black History Month is 28 days. A 45 minute lesson, and it's that's only five days a week. So, you, if your school does in 28 days, wait, did you have a whole month where they taught you black history every <laughs> no, day? And so, then you had, you had maybe three minutes where they talked about you had three minutes where they talked about Martin Luther King, and then three more minutes where they talked about Malcolm X, and they had to truncate that. And that's what most people that's what that's most so people know <laughs> is the I mean, six they, minutes they, they spent like, on Martin Luther King, they threw on glory as if that was. Uh, our b- black history. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's a film that stars Matthew Yo. Broderick, like Denzel Morgan Freeman are in it, but they the supporting characters and Frederick Douglass <laughs> in that movie for two seconds and That's got like right. no we lines. We did that and Frederick Douglass had no <laughs> lines. Some of the stuff though that, that you're talking about right now, Gerard, goes back to something that you said earlier, which was like, you, you said you weren't sure why you liked this movie better than better than Ma Rainey. I think both movies mm-hmm. talk about a lot of the same stuff, but you are, you just are uh, I guess also closer sense. to this movie in time, in time. Uh, and then also sense. your affinity for, for Malcolm X and, and like, and then I also just think that in general, August Wilson writes in like a flowery language that, that, that can distance you. Whereas this was written more conversationally. Yeah. It wasn't like monologue after <laughs> monologue after monologue. Yeah. But- and- 
Ma Rainey takes place when in the oh, yes, it's in twenty, the 30s it's in the twenties, like twenty nine, maybe. Yeah, and this is in like the sixties. But also, just the six. I mean, what we're living through right now, like the sixties, is probably the closest, you know, to that. I mean, it's it's different, obvi- obviously, and and in some ways, I still think the sixties were a mm-hmm. crazier time than even now. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's still that same thing of like. There's a lot of unrest. There's there is huge social uh, movements that are happening that are making a lot of the country uncomfortable. Um, there's like a lot of division. There's a lot of anger, you know, and there's a lot of the conversations that are happening between these black men of like, especially with Malcolm X there, which is such a great thing because it's like, I mean, there's so many conversations that you know, when Malcolm X kind of goes in on Sam Cooke of like, why aren't you doing mm. anything? That's kind of, I would say, probably the main, you know, uh, conflict in this movie is like, M- Malcolm X believes Sam Cooke isn't doing mm-hmm, enough mm-hmm. to help the cause, right? Um, like, literally that. Like, it's like, you have this huge platform, and instead of singing songs about the struggle or like educating people through your music, all you're doing is making these like meaningless pop hits that are like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Like, you know, and Sam cook is defending himself being like, first of all, you're being so self-righteous, but like, you don't know about all the things that I'm doing. I'm putting money into the black community. I'm like raising people up. I'm making a, like, I'm making a lot of money. And like Jim Brown later on is like, yeah, I like, if we're going to get freedom, then we need economic freedom, which is something that we still talk about today. And it's like a thing that I think is a still like a, a pretty huge conversation today of, you know, there's so much focus on, I mean, especially now there's so much focus on, um, kind of like, uh, I don't even know Mm -hmm. what to call it, but like microaggressions and like, you know, what like cultural things are like what media representation, like our podcast is a part of that, you know, but is there enough focus, you know, a lot, I I think an argument can be made to say like, is there enough focus on the economic freedom? Like, are we focused enough on building up black businesses, get, you know, owning our own things, being CEOs, like, using our using our money because we live in a capitalistic society where at the end of the day money kind of rules everything like are we are we doing enough in that department you know because it's one thing to to get someone canceled because they like made a racist tweet and so like that Mm. person's no longer on a television show um and another to be like we have a like black owned banks and black owned you know i mean that's corporations you know things like that um I actually read. God dang it! I was reading something recently, and I and it was a the black. Um, I don't think I necessarily agree with this, but I've definitely heard the saying from some older blacks that like desegregation was one of the best and worst things that ever happened to black people because when things were segregated, um, blacks were forced to um invest in their own because they couldn't they couldn't do otherwise. Like so, they invested in schools, they invested in banks. Um, this is how we got towns like Rosewood, um, um, Black Wall Street. And I don't, again, I don't necessarily agree with that statement, but I do understand the idea of investing and taking care instead of, you know, quote unquote, chasing what white people had. Like, I know, you know, my family was one of the families in D.C. that like once we got a little bit of money, we left and, you know, went to like maybe not the good suburbs, but like 
suburbs that black people could afford, you know? And in doing so, I think a lot of black people exited DC. Hence, you know, white people ended up coming in, kind of reclaiming the city. So now it's not Chocolate City anymore. And that's not this, I'm not trying to put blame on anybody. It's just one of those things where like, oh, what is it like if people doubled down and tried to fix the thing? So I understand kind of both sides of that coin. And I don't know which one's right or wrong, but it kind of goes with what you're saying, Bray. It's like, you know, how do you do enough? Like, it, it feels like there's so much pressure on like what to do. I think like, even as black creatives, we always have these talks of like, you know, is this offensive? Is this joke okay? Like, you know, cause I feel like there is this responsibility to, you know, uphold black people in a, an appropriate way. <laughs> yeah. It truly made me think about, it may like, to me, like the equivalent today is like somebody Mm -hmm. coming after someone because like mm -hmm. they're not tweeting enough or posting enough on facebook you know what i mean like it's like well why haven't you talked about this or why you know and, and i've seen that i've seen like people attack other people for like not talking about a certain event that happened or like using their social media enough to like to do like social yeah you know uh justice like activism you know and there's a there is a set like and i see mm -hmm. that sometimes and i'm like but you don't know what that person is doing like this is just one avenue of it everyone doesn't need to be on this avenue mm -hmm. and there's also a case to be made that this avenue is not as effective as other avenues so it's like yeah. you could be getting on someone on that but like are you doing the other things that also need to be done are you you know actually you know investing in in politics in some way are you you know investing financially in in things but it, it's like it's a it's a it's tough when and i and i and i get it because i was like there was a part of me that was like when <laughs> during this movie i was like man i feel like some of the things malcolm like when malcolm x really went in on sam cook um especially with the bob dylan song mm -hmm. I yeah was he just did like, that bob like, dylan and i was like, like ooh, a white dude did really roasting that. this dude, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like he's making great points and there's another part of me that was like if I was in this room, I would be so pissed at this guy for being at Malcolm for being so self-righteous because it's like everyone, like everyone falters at times. And if, and uh, you know, unless someone is truly doing absolutely nothing, it's, it's messed up to be like, yeah. Oh, you could be doing this and you could be doing that. I don't know. It just feels yeah, like yeah. such sticky waters, but we're it, in, we're, we're really in that time now. I feel like, yeah, we were talking about this on one of the, <sighs> one of the other episodes after everything jumped off this summer, but um, uh, the people are being like, we don't have a Martin Luther King right now. Like, why don't we have a Martin Luther King? Like that kind of a, a figure like that. And it's like, and, and it really does. And I think I said something yeah. like, it's like signing up to die. Like, it's like, it's like being like, I'll do this, you know? And like, while watching, while, you know, whatever is factually on paper about what happened to Sam Cooke, you know, like the, the the fact does remain that like he was such a big figure and then and then dipping into into <clears throat> I don't know if you want to call it activism, but like but like speaking out <laughs> that loudly, like with his music is such a, made him such a powerful weapon that like even if the night that he died, he was not murdered for that reason it still would that would have still been in his future that the pot he probably was getting death threats he probably you know like all of the that kind of that kind of thing and it and and it felt mm -hmm. while watching this like it felt knowing what happens to him it just felt so tragic to see these two men who both mm -hmm. who both 
die for the cause, you know, yelling at each other to like be better or like why they why their lane is the right lane. It was just like such a and that stuff is, is th- so those arguments were so heavy for me to watch um, for that reason. Like even Sam Cook, for instance, like he I, I would say I and I hope I have well if not let me formally do it now. I feel like I've had to take back things that I've said on this podcast where like I will often talk about what like Steven Spielberg has done or Guillermo del Toro has done and like why don't the black creators do this stuff? What I realized was a lot of these black people are doing things. You know, I remember Lena Waithe came out calling out Denzel and stuff, but then you realize Denzel, not only with Chadwick, but in other ways has donated money to black um, performers to help them get education. You know, uh, Forrest Whitaker has produced almost a lot of these black Sundance movies, you know, and put his name on it. Octavia Spencer does likewise. And it's like, what I think happens sometimes is that black people are just doing the work. You know what I mean? Like we're just, like we're out here just doing the stuff. Like think about how many times when like, even on smaller notes, like, you know, classes we've taught for free, like people we've had lunches, but like people just do the work. Whereas I think sometimes you want it to be, or our society, everyone, promotes themselves and like oh this is a photo of me with the kids you know and it's like i don't need the photo of you with the kids i just want to know that you're fucking helping the kids um (laughs) exactly yeah it it actually reminds me of uh something like jesus said in the bible about uh like Mm -hmm. the when you give do it do it in secret don't be like the pharisees who like when they give their money, they like make a big show of it. So everyone sees it. And then he like points it to like a woman who like gave like two, two pennies, essentially, you know, like two shillings or whatever. And she, and they were like, like, she just gave all that she had, you know what I mean? She did it and she did it quietly and nobody's going to like praise her because it's like a little bit, but like compared to like what she actually owns, she gave so much Mm -hmm. as opposed to this person who's like making a big grand gesture about what they're giving, but compared relative to what they have is so much, you know what I mean? So little, we are really living in a time like that because of social media, everything is so public. It's like, And I mean, we talk about a lot like I mean, it's funny because the right talks about it too, like performative activism, but it's real. It's a it is a real thing. Like there there's so much like performative, like, oh, look at me, like you know, like and and I'm I'm not even I'm truly not trying to uh, come after anybody like because I think we all do it to some extent. But I do want to talk about like, for instance, like the black square on Instagram or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the thing of like, oh, I'm going to do this like I like or what or even before that, there were the filters on Facebook of like and it was this it's just this crazy thing of like someone just came up with something like oh i have a rainbow filter and now it and then it became a thing of yeah of, oh my well, gosh if you don't put this on then, yeah, then you, you don't, don't care support. about this cause <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and it's like this it's it, it literally feels like those emails that you get from like or like cha- the, the chain, chain emails yes. or like chain text yes that are like you know if you love me like send this to five other people and it's like f what is this yeah. why are we trapping ourselves <laughs> right. in this fake why is this you know what I the mean? representation it's... of my love for you forwarding this email <laughs> yeah, like, you ain't saying like, nothing this but doesn't make any... <laughs> like, i will say like, though come on. i did this this did hit it hit me harder in this movie and i think probably because of what's going on outside and me wondering if i if i can do more but like of of hearing how passionately the Malcolm X as represented by this movie is, is, is 
saying to Sam Cooke that we need you, but also sort of saying to everybody that like if every black person outwardly spoke out against it and never did it like uh, obviously there were things that Malcolm X wasn't even seeing of like you're letting the white man walk over you by doing this it's like no I'm actually making money by doing xyz right but like but by if everyone is is screaming loudly about the cause then black people are better you know if 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 we all are like (laughs) out and yelling and and refusing to take whatever the shit is you know why is that always on us you know what i'm saying like why (laughs) why why is it we have because we're affected it's only on us because it is our it it, it literally is our problem i mean they there are problems that white people have that they don't see right of of like or you know i'm not going to say this eloquently but but you know that that there is there are systemic issues that maybe white people don't see that like unless black people scream loudly about them you know then 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 it will not get done you yeah. know they they just they you yeah. know they it's it's they're not going to they're not going to wake up one day and go you know what i have i don't pay attention to my uh ethnic assistant or whatever it is like they're not going to that's not going to dawn on them <laughs> isn't that <laughs> you know? crazy we have to continue to prove to people that like we deserve just not not even better than them just like hey we just if we have a job we just want an equal shot just you know <laughs> like i just want you to treat me like a like you would treat your own brother like that that is the plight of african americans is like hey man no one's trying to get revenge for the shit that happened you know and how much i've been fucking with us we just trying to make sure like hey bygones bygones we just trying to be good from this day going forward how do we make sure that y'all understand that, like, we just want to try to break down some of the systemic racism to give us an equal playing field? That's it. I just want to eat. That, it is so sick. And then when I watch movies like this and, and see these arguments, and even think about, like, Mal- I mean, uh, Muhammad Ali, who's so young in here, and he is struggling with trying to figure out what to do because he is in a position where he's about to hit that, like, like you know, career-wise, like, he's about to hit that platform. And it's like, yo, Becoming a member of Islam is going, is going to make it a little bit rougher. You know, if he just stays cash as clay, you know, who he associates with is going to like, it will affect endorsements. It will affect like how the white people at large see him. So even when he finds out that um, uh, Malcolm is about to leave um, to start the Afro-American, I mean, I don't think he even says what the organization is yet, but when he's about to leave to start his own personal organization, uh, Muhammad Ali becomes infuriated. It's like, yo, I'm because he's risking his career. Because I'm like, I fucks with you and everything you're talking about. I'm about to give up alcohol, bro. I'm about to do all this wild shit, and I am 22. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm rocking with you, and you telling me you about to leave? <laughs> like, there was so much at play for these black men, yo. <laughs> it was so much, so much, and that's so much pressure. Could you imagine if like we all would like break at like 23, 24, and now? We're trying to figure out what to do with our life, how to just Ala Iris, I think about all the time. This nigga ain't won't be no goddamn man, like, yeah. <laughs> like positive um figure, but he's like, I got y'all making me one. Like, I just want to play ball. Like, I'm, uh, I loved the scene when uh this is not about politics, but I love the scene when I think it's it's moments later though, or it's before the roof, actually. Uh when Jim Brown is like, when Jim Brown is like, um, 
you know, I, I might want to be an actor now. I might want to, maybe I want to be an actor. And then, and uh, <laughs> and then, and then Muhammad Ali's like, I want to fight until I'm old. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and right. I know Jim Brown as an actor I mean, and I know that Muhammad Ali fought until he was old. Like, yeah, he did. He did. He fought way too long. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, Damn. And Jim Brown became a, or, you know, try to become an actor. I mean, I, I guess he did. No, I mean, I literally <laughs> know him. Like, like I feel like Mars Attacks was my, I know that's that wasn't my introduction yeah. to him, but I'm like, but I keep thinking about like Mars right. Attacks and I like think... how I recognize him as an act. Like when I saw him in that, it was like, oh yeah, Jim Brett, you know, that guy's in this. What was you the know? movie with him? I remember a movie, was the OGs? It was like him, Pam Greer, and they all, uh... Um, and they just came back and was like beating up like a bunch of young people and shit. It was like original gangsters came out in 1996. And it was just like um, the actors from like the 70s came back to like clean up. Um, it was it was yeah, Fred Williamson, Jim Brown and Pam Greer. And it was just like <laughs> beating the shit out of like <laughs> these young <laughs> like thugs. And it was just like beating we, should, we should review that. They were like beating the hell out of these niggas. But I was about to say I. I do want to take it out of podcast because we're not a political podcast. But I want to talk about Regina King a little bit, you know, happy belated. And it's like this, something that this this woman did in this feature that I think, um, again, I never saw the play, but there was a lot of nuance to these these four black men, like the, these icons in this legendary night. Like we we got to see a little bit of like what they were known for, but a lot of things that we may not have known about them, you know, whether it was real or not. But like we got to see Sam Cooke be like, very early on when he first gets to Miami, like he only wants to stay in the white area specifically, you know, for certain reasons, because it has certain optics to it, you know, so much so that the girl that's with him is like, you know, she's trying to get on the other side of town with a black folk at, you know what I mean? So we get to see him go from this, you know, trying to get into the white world to break down certain things and even hear his philosophy on trying to own masters, start a record label and doing these kind of things, which a lot of people didn't know about having him be a little bit like, yo, when we about to go party, dog, you just, you just won. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go downstairs at least and then have him have this um, active conversation with Malcolm X about, you know, his political views. Like, we get to see. That moment was so real when when they, like, go in and then Sam Cooke is like, wait, are we just going to be in here all night? Because I've definitely had that moment where <laughs> somebody's like, this is a party, and then I, like, realize, like, it's just going to be, like, <laughs> just, like, a few people in, like, a boring room with, like, no <laughs> snacks, like, no drinks. Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Make you second guess everything. Like, oh, no, is this about to be our whole night? Like, <laughs> please, no. Please don't let this be our, our entire night right now. Yo, that's so real. <laughs> And I love he comes out. He's like, he's like, he's like, nah, man, I, don't worry. I, I prepared. I got yeah. ice cream. Only <laughs> vanilla. Only two, vanilla. Two boxes of vanilla. Only I, vanilla. I vanilla, and, of vanilla. Uh, and he like vanilla. the irony. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo, who who like ice cream is not a party uh uh dessert. Yeah. You don't <laughs> only vanilla and then looking at these black men eat that ice cream. You need <laughs> <laughs> I know the mom and Ellie's like, yo, like y'all getting in this. <laughs> yo, that actor playing Muhammad Ali, yeah. my God, yo. With, sorry, I need to remember his name. He is so good to me, yo. He was so lively. He was great. And you know what it is? It's his Muhammad Ali was genuinely jovial. I think like Will made Muhammad very cocky, which he was. But it was something about like 
um, this portrayal, which was like, Muhammad was excited. Because you don't realize like how... He was younger yeah, too. Uh, good point, good point, Like, good point. he felt... And I think like that, it's, it, to your point, it's like, he felt he felt younger. Like, I, Will played Muhammad Ali when he was in his 30s, I think. And so by that, like, not that he couldn't, not that he couldn't be younger. It was just like, it felt so much more mature. Mm. And like this, this Cassius Clay was very like, you know, yeah. I don't know. He just you feel he, he like felt you younger. feel that young energy. Like you, it feels yeah. like someone that's yeah. twenty two and on top of the world. Just excited, like, excited, so much man. energy. Just like so hype, <laughs> and it was so cool to see the interactions <laughs> between them and how, you know, you know, Sam Cooke kind of looked after him. Whereas like uh, Jim Brown, even though he wasn't the oldest, I think I think Malcolm was the oldest, but Jim Brown had this reserve and calm to him. You know what I mean? Like. He was the elder statement who, like, almost everybody confided in and was the guy who kind of calmed everything down. And, again, it was so cool to see that because um, Jim still was a little loose. Like, he wasn't as crazy as everybody else, but Jim still wanted to go out. You know what I'm saying? Jim was still trying to be with the shits. And then, <laughs> and I will say the one thing they did do about Malcolm that I did like is I liked seeing him try to, to be normal. Because I do think you're right, Bray. Like you said earlier, I think, you know, Malcolm probably did get to a point of always being ready for on TV, always getting ready to like talk about the culture. So to see him try to be a normal dude and like be proud of uh, a Cassius when he could. And like the only thing he had to offer was ice cream because he can't drink, you know, it's like it's, it's cute. But then also seeing moments when he goes outside and he sees with his actual eyes, these two white dudes staring at him. And it's like, yo, yeah, you were being stalked by the FBI, bro. Like that, that is a real yeah. thing that happened to you, you know? Um, and I think Regina King did a really good job showing that. And right. I think that's probably why those extra scenes were added and why the movie's a little bit longer. Because I think to get out of just the scenes of them together, you needed to either have them solo or break them apart to kind of see truly who they were and their dynamics. Like Sam and Muhammad Ali going to the liquor store yeah. and seeing like Sam have as much money as he had and like just giving it to the little, like the little young dudes there's respect for these two men that like, they're just happy to see these niggas. Um, ah, that's so cool. Uh, oh, can I quickly just say that this dude, I looked up his name as Christian Mag. Yes. Magby. I just Googled he him. Jamal, like, <laughs> that's so the, crazy. the, uh, the dude, he was, dude, he was great. He was man. great. Loved, yeah. He was so funny. Like, loved him. <laughs> he, he was like, I guess regrets. I guess you could say I do. And then they're like, Oh, and he's like, yes. I regret I didn't do it. And then, when he tried to, and then when he tried to get the <laughs> autographs, and he like, he just left Jim Brown. He's like, hey, let me get that. He takes Jim Brown is writing job. his autograph. <laughs> like, yo. He's like, oh, yeah, Sam Cooke. But even before he, he spoke, when 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 uh, Sam Cooke was trying to like, go oh, yeah, into Sam, the, He was like, oh, that dude. He got sit. so excited by, oh. you know, and like let him in the door. I thought the dude, this dude was great. Also, said like a killer line what? <laughs> it was messed up but it was funny when they was like he was like yeah i realized i wish i could have joined it sooner you know could have took care of those dudes and he's like man you didn't need religion for that you could have just joined yes! the gang and he was like yes that was such a mean line i was like ooh, ooh. i was like oh snap <laughs> religion is just I mean, a I much think, like, much larger i think that goes so much to say about the script though i feel like it was so well written it was so like nuanced and like yeah you had that crazy line of like what's the difference because i think about that shit all the time it's like you know I, also it's kind of crazy um 
so so there's one scene like um right after the roof scene uh when like you know Malcolm and, and Sam kind of get into their big argument and uh was it Kareem um uh, Lance Reddick shows up and he's like, you know, Malcolm's bodyguard. And he's like ready to be with the shits. Like, yo, y'all better leave Malcolm alone. And Sam Cook doesn't back down. But then, you know, Malcolm stops everything. And they all have to like, walk. They, they show them like all walking back down the hallway to the hotel room. And it's the funniest shot to me because it is a true friendship. Like, I remember sometimes like me and Brad, I could get in an argument, but yet we still got to do shit together. So like, you, you ain't got time to like dispel what is happening. It's like, you just side by side walking with this nigga and to see Malcolm and like Sam, for some reason, they were next to each other. And I'm like, yo, y'all blowing the shit. And I was like, you see Sam Cook, who I didn't realize, um, I didn't realize um, Leslie Odom was that short, but like you see him and he's just like stumbling to the side. And, and in the background, uh, the actor playing Muhammad Ali is smirking. And you realize, oh, this nigga is laughing that these two old dudes were about to fight. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's just funny to him. You know what I mean? It's just those little moments that just felt like true friendship where like two of the homies got in an argument. It probably was over something dumb that doesn't matter for real, for real. And now they're going to be awkward for like five minutes, but like, we're going to be good. It felt like that. And it was like just a, a quick transition. But I just think like that are right. the things that I think being a part of the culture matters. And I think, you know, Regina being an actor first, she gave these actors moments to like live in it. Like the moments outside the lines, like there were these shots and Definitely. it stayed for a second. Like that moment of the hallway was just a transition, but we got to see Muhammad Ali smirk. And it's like, yo, it's funny to this little nigga. You know, it's like those things are like so cool and also yeah. add to the character. <laughs> that dude was great. I also loved all the moments that the script and script and also the way they were directed found of like, we're going to, we're going to be outside and hear them screaming mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, inside, you know, like, but the scenes still going on, but like, now this is how uh, the guys in the, in the hall are listening to it. This is how somebody, someone in the bathroom hears it. Like, I thought that was really cool. And these niggas in Miami. I said, and they in Miami. Could you imagine not being able to go party when your boy just became <laughs> Yo, in Miami, like in Miami. In Miami? <laughs> I man, I'm telling you, I felt I felt Sam Cook so hard in that moment. I was like, No, we not, oh, we no, not we doing this. Not about, not about to stay. Do you know here. where I was like, gonna go no, tonight? <laughs> you know where this they... can't possibly be. Just staying in this Ew. room with some vanilla ice cream. Yo, and Sam, Sam got the rental car, us. a pocket full of money. <laughs> like, Sam is with the shits. Uh, James, what were you saying, my bad, before I cut you off? Lance Reddick was great in this, too. Like, I feel like, here's what I love about Lance Reddick. He pops up in everything. <laughs> he's just, he'll just be like, look, which are, they're like, can you do this? And he's like, cool, I'm available <laughs> for three hours on Tuesday. <laughs> like, I can run over, I can do this scene real quick. And everything was was done with so much gravitas. Like when they when we first see him, I feel like yes. it's like a pan up to his face. And a big stoic black dude. This look of disdain looking at Sam. He's just like, I'm tired. I, I know. He's, and it's scary, man. I was like, this dude is no good. He's up to no good right now. You got to be careful. Yeah, and Malcolm. it's so crazy because that you dude. Be what? careful. Man, Malcolm was living in a very scary time, man. Like he had no money. None of his assets were his. Uh, and he, at that point, was already hated by white America. But because he was now more accepting of white America, was alienating, like, the extremist Black ideal, 
but then he wasn't as soft, if you will, as Malcolm, I mean, Martin Luther King. My man was just, boy, like, <laughs> my yeah. man was going through it. Well, that was the thing, and it's like he... He he knew how much Elijah Muhammad was not really living the tenant like because like everything that Sam Cooke said, you know, when he was like, oh, he lives in a big old mansion. And Malcolm X knew by that time, like, yeah, like there's a, there's this deep hypocrisy that's happening. Like we're preaching this one way, but like the way that the leadership is living is not exactly right. And at least, at least, in, you know, according to like his beliefs and all that stuff. So it was like weird, you know, tension. And also they were, Elijah Muhammad was clearly like also jealous mm-hmm. of Malcolm X's fame, you know, <laughs> and the amount of power that he was amassing because he was just the figurehead and he was such an incredible speaker. Um, and so many people were drawn to him. And it was like, it's a, it's, it was a, a, like a power struggle. And this whole thing, it's so interesting, like the whole thing being about power, like they even talk about in this movie, like, we just want power, black power. The, oh, that doesn't that sound nice? You know, like, um, and it's, and it's crazy to think about too, like the whole time I was thinking about the fact that Malcolm was getting so much on Sam Cooke, but like Sam Cooke did have, like, was at least owning like so, the things that he had, whereas like both Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali, like, were completely dependent on their physical abilities. And once those went away, they'd be tossed aside. Like, and I think Jim Brown mentions mm-hmm. that. I think I think it was Jim Brown who mentioned that at some point. I don't know. It, it, it's the Ma Rainey thing, too, of like, you know, yeah, you're, you're, they'll put up with you until you're no longer useful to them. And then you're gone, you know. Um, and it's a scary kind of thing. Oh, there was one line that Jim Brown had that I really love where he was like, he said something to the effect of like, y'all got the knives out. And if one of them cuts me, somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't someone um, say something about Jim? Remember, it was like all of a sudden at one point, I felt like everybody was just mad at each other for a second. Or like, like um, Malcolm was lashing out. That was the moment he went to the bathroom. Oh, he he said that line and then went to the bathroom. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what he was thinking about. Like, but Malcolm said something like, "Well, Jim's doing this with his fearlessness or whatever," and maybe, maybe he was thinking about the fact that even Malcolm was thinking about him in terms mm. of his usefulness as a athlete, as opposed to like what he wanted to do was like start start doing acting. And I think he. I mean, I guess like the re- if the real Jim Brown is a Trump supporter, like he he more was just wanting to be his own man than than necessarily like the, I think the full it, I cause. Think, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I think sometimes, <laughs> I though, listen, CTE is real. My man played football. We don't know what happened. You know, I am not defending his Trump supportiness. Um, but I think there is a thing to being a part of that era where, again, like you're trying to achieve a certain thing. And I guess the ideal is like to have this white fame or this white acceptance, because at that point, You've been so belittled because of your skin color. You've had to fight so hard to prove whatever your worth is and whatever field that you became exceptional in that it kind of, it may blind you. Like, again, it, I, I don't, I don't understand a person like him can, uh, I don't know. There, I don't know. I'm confused. I don't understand how yeah. he can talk about it, but. There's also the, I like, just cause like it happens with rappers too. with like, obviously like Kanye West and like, I think Lil Wayne supported Trump and like a couple other rappers, like, 50 cent i guess but like there's something about there's also this thing of like 
them looking at the failures mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. the Democratic Party, but instead of just being like, you know, like white people in general are failing us on both sides of the aisle, it's like this like, well, now I'm gonna, well, then I'll become Republican because like, I, I, you know, you know, they're oh. listening to <laughs> us in a in this way. That, I don't know. Anyway, this isn't a political podcast. So, you know, <laughs> okay, look, the, really the only other scene that I really liked that I just looked up and found out it didn't happen, <laughs> but I was when I it happened, it. it was so funny to me it. when Malcolm X is recounting the uh, Sam Cooke uh, singing a cappella version of oh, Chain yeah. Gang. So okay, so. <laughs> After that, that scene was so great. And I and after it happened, I was like, I need this word for word verbatim to be historically accurate. I need it to be that <laughs> Jackie Wilson paid the sound people to, to unplug everything and that Malcolm X was in the background and saw all of this. Apparently, that the, exact I think the night thing did happen. didn't happen. Like, it wasn't... <laughs> Jackie Wilson didn't mess with the sound equipment. Vulture did a thing saying what, what really happened, what didn't. Um, Wait, what, did that night happen? Did... But the, uh, there, yeah, the the night happened. There is an acapella version of of Jane Gang that happened from, and he got the audience with him and the audience. To... Um, apparently, Jackie Wilson. There is like a video of like Jackie Wilson like coming out and like messing around with with Cook like on stage like while he was singing, um, and so like that's that 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 whole night is a composite of a bunch of different shows but like just everything that happened i wanted it to be <laughs> true as is it was so funny when jackie wilson he's backstage just pulls out money and pays <laughs> and walks off and then walks off oh that was too funny but also, I, but also that shows mess it up sam's cooks like because I, I yeah like jimmy saying is such a compilation of so many things but like sam was that domineering though you know what i mean like like I mean, he debuted. Change gonna come. I forgot on which white late night talk show. I, I think, think he does it on, in the show. movie, right? Yeah, the Tonight Show. And it's a song that like people don't expect from him. And that song became at that point the voice of the civil rights movement. You know what I mean? Which still is kind of like there. I mean, I think right now, um, maybe like Kendrick's song what's, and stuff like that. But you know, uh, what's crazy to so me dumb. was was they were like, oh yeah, like Jackie Wilson's up there like shucking and jiving, and I literally was like, oh, but. I think it's good. Like I like his performance. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, like I'm, I'm Yo, if if I saw that and then and then Sam Cooke came out and just like saying like I love you, I love you, I'd be like, man, get, get this nigga off stage. Get that other guy back. <laughs> 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 I don't care about this. What you doing? Like, a ballad? I don't. Yeah, you have a good voice, but I don't. <laughs> come on, nigga, I I'm trying show. to party. Yeah, I'm trying to party, man. Um, I mean, I'm glad that I mean, this. this is... I'm sorry. Now I'm just looking at this Vulture article. But the but when he sang Chain Gang, I was like, isn't that like isn't that song like about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the struggle, like, um, it but is. they it is. The, the, basically this article just talks That's about the how the movie tried to like man. downplay songs like that so that change gonna come could like be as impactful as it was by the by the end of the right. end of the movie and man it was though i'm sorry like yeah. i'm sorry like that song <laughs> that song i remember that song very vividly and it's like that song is a big deal like that song was played like at the march like that song was a big deal so i mean i, I totally understand like why they tried to big it up but i mean there was something about those last shots of everybody and then seeing Malcolm, which was so sad, man. Like, uh, cause they're fa- I think there's two famous 
there's a famous photo people always think about is is Malcolm looking out the window in his suit with the AK, um, which I think has become iconic um, for certain reasons. But like to think about this man who now has no protection, you know what I mean? He ain't got it. Like he has people who, you know, who is trying to help look out for him, but he doesn't have the level of what he had at the Nation of Islam. And then to have him with his family. And the thing is, this is so crazy. Is like now people keep talking about like um like you know in twenty twenty one, um a lot of these uh uh senators and stuff like that have people showing up at their house like throwing shit. You know, Nancy's like, yo, people are outside my house. Like, Mitch is like, call the police people at my house. It was customary for white folks to show upside of black people's house with crosses, throwing shit in the window, shooting shit. And it's like, to see this black dude with his wife and kids in the house run outside with an AK, and I just went to a range, and the, and the fear I've had of just holding a Glock or a rifle, I can't imagine having to learn how to, like, shoot an AK-47 to protect my family. Like, that is... And he's out there... My man is out there in his underwear and a robe, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, his just scared. on fire. <laughs> like, just... <sighs> Bruh. Uh, man. Black folk. We go through so much. Uh, I don't even know how I'm about to say the Hollywood. All I want... Like, I'm looking... I looked up a list because I wanted to bring up, like... Oh, hopefully we have other movies. <laughs> I'm looking at, like, a couple lists of, like, um... The most anticipated movies of uh 2021 there are a good amount of like you know black and brown movies coming out and i'm looking like at majority of them like from you know respect to you know in the heights to like oh respect's um, finally coming out yeah yeah that's comes all out. these movies out like now that are like like this i guess that are like these um you know oscar play but it just feels weird because like who cares about the Oscars this year? <laughs> it just doesn't feel real. Yeah, like yeah, and it's so weird because like I don't even understand how some of them qualify. Like Judas and the Black Messiah is now Oscar qualifying, um, which I want to see. But then Daniel is playing Fred Hampton. Like this shit is crazy. Again, I'm, I'm, I, I try my best not to talk about oh, it in this right. whole movie. Oh wait, this whole so, podcast. Wait, so go no, back I don't want to talk about it. it. No, no. Well, Brando I just wanted to say it. this thing. You, you so- talk so much about. It. I I'm sorry. To say this point, where I think I've said this before too. But to me, what it, it like there is this perception that is a self fulfilling prophecy and a, like a vicious circle of uh, uh, British actors being better actors than American actors. And I think we've said this before, where I do think that it, the same thing happens with white people, where so many, if it's like a prestige, prestigious drama or whatever, they get British people. There's always at least one British actor in the movie, and they're always getting British actors to do these roles because they're like, oh, well, American actors, you know, we just know them so much. The American actors are more forced to be personality actors which then eliminates them from contention when they want to do other roles because they're like well then everyone's just going to see you as like this person in that you know it's just yeah, like yeah. oh well, that's just denzel and that that's just will and that and like if you're that famous you you do get to do it at some point just because you get to like pick your own movies but for other for lesser known actors like you know like obviously kingsley is a working actor but the thing is, he's not famous, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, say, you know, same with even this Canadian actor, like Eli Gorey. Like, they're not famous, but like Leslie Odom Jr. is famous. Like, and he got yeah, famous yeah. from Broadway, 
but he has yeah. to be famous. Like Alice Hodges has been around for so long. Like everyone knows, like it's, it's still, and even the, they are like a little lesser known and they're able to be, those are like more character actors, but they mm-hmm. rarely get to star. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. there's this whole saying. system that's messed up in Hollywood. That's, that is about, that looks at British actors as like higher caliber. And also I do think that their training allows for it because they're trained mm-hmm. to do that. Whereas American yeah. actors, even after you go into conservatory, then you have to go into film acting and they and they train you to be like, just stop acting. Yeah, don't they, like, do anything. The amount of times <laughs> that people say to not act or to just be yourself or just be naturalistic, like yeah. the amount yeah. of times Americans are trained to do that, it's 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 messed up. <laughs> yeah. and it, yeah, and it right. leads to this it leads to this system where like we have so many british actors playing famous you know like david yellow and the thing is they're these are all good they're good actors it's yeah. not like they're yeah. not good like they're obviously great actors and i do like in the same way that i wish like here i i know why it's a the reason it's a problem it, it, it's the same it's the same reason like people you know now are like you know, you shouldn't have somebody who's not a part of the LGBTQ community um, play someone like a character that is right. Like it used to, it used to not be that way, but now people are are saying that. And there is this whole thing of like, well, actors are actors; they should be to able to per- portray whoever. And I think in an ideal world that is true, but we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a world in which people who are gay are not a cast in role, are usually not cast in roles that are straight Mm -hmm. unless they're you know in the closet you know (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then but then Mm -hmm. people who are straight always get to play roles that are gay like same with transgender actors like it's like all this stuff all this different Mm -hmm. stuff and i feel the same way where it's like how many times do americans get to play british people sometimes don Cheeto got to pretend to have a british accent in oceans 11 for no reason you know what i mean (laughs) but like it's rare you know um and they usually look at americans like oh they're terrible you know I actually Bray, really love that example. Like, I really like that example because I never thought about it that way. Even like, uh, I was reading an article about um, it was a movie and like it was a, a, a straight cis actor playing a transgender role, and it was like um, people were trying to get it recast for an actor who was transgender. And I was like, oh yeah, this is very important. And, and until I heard you say it, it's just fascinating to me that it's like. Um, because it's so important in that realm, because like, you know, you're going to have a movie about somebody in the LGBT, LGBT plus community playing a character in that in that area. It's something so weird that no one ever considers it. Maybe they do, but it feels like that people don't consider it the same when it's um, African-American story and having someone not who's African-American play the part is almost feel like there's always a reason why it's OK, you know, and it's like, what? Wait, why is it OK to have someone play this part like? Again, I'm not saying the the plight is the same. It's just interesting to me that like the conversation is never. I feel like I've never heard that until Bray just made that example. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I've never heard some someone kind of put that in a way that like I guess I understood because I feel like every time I bring it up, people always tell me like, "But they're black. It's the same black experience." And I'm like, "But I don't think it is." And even when I hear people say that, I feel like you're belittling my experience by saying that. I think you're belittling like my grandparents when you say that because i'm like i know what the fuck they did here you know what i mean i know the marches they had to do here i got footage 
in archival, you know what I'm saying, from ABC, they play every goddamn February of people getting hosed down. You know what I'm saying? I, I was um, telling my girlfriend and her brother yesterday, like, I was looking at footage of the Million Man March, and my stepfather is in the footage, you know, because he, he's in a wheelchair. And, like, because of that, we got pushed very, you know, we got pushed close to the front because like a little black kid and, and a guy in a wheelchair. And I'm like, I remember these things. And I think that stuff is important. But when I feel like you have people who don't know why that shit is really important to live through it, it's, it's disrespectful. Hold up, but Gerard, and, are you in the footage too? I am in the footage Gerard! too. But I'm very little. <laughs> but he he's, I'm on his right and the footage is, the footage is like, which I'm, one is this? You see him. You see, I'm not. You see him, but see we see ass. like your I have shoulder. A, I have a weird. We see like a I have a back, weird Batman have, backpack. I was not. I was not a cool. Wait, which I was not a cool, Mars? What year though? Oh, um, the one in '97, '96, '95. Yeah, I was like, it was because he took me out of school. The first one. Um, but anyway, yeah, the first, the one, first one. one. There was another one. Yeah. Oh, the one last year. Sorry, I didn't go to the one last year. No, no, no. It was the first one when I was a kid. Like even I think the person who handles it the best is Daniel. Like, again, when you watch the interview for Queen and Slim and they ask about the British actors, my man, I, I understand, I respect. And it's like, <laughs> he just handles it differently. Like, even when I saw this Kingsley interview, like, again, he wasn't disrespectful, but it was just like, we're black. I sh it shouldn't matter. And I'm like, but it does. It really does matter. Anyway, uh, right. but Bray, I just want to say, I really like that example. Like, that analogy really worked for me. And I just feel like I've never heard somebody... Um, Put it like that. Jura, send us the link, anyways. though, of you in the Million Man March, though. Nah, I ain't doing Jura, it. Jura, send us the link. All right. My, my, my outfits weren't... Like, I didn't want to go because I didn't understand it. <laughs> so I didn't dress appropriately. Yeah, but Jura, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wore a lot link, of colors. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nah, anyway. All anyway, right. Anyway. Anyway. We, let's end this, baby. <laughs> this is longer than the movie. It's like, no, this is about the movie length. Longer than the play. All right. Uh, James, do you have anything? You um, no, add? I don't have anything to, to add because I'm back to not doing shit at the end of the... <laughs> Didn't you just start doing bits no, again? No, I don't do bits. I did bits in the last episode, but I don't do bits anymore. Uh, so you can just rescind it and then yeah, put, I can, it, put it back whenever you want. Yeah, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Okay. I don't right. do bits. I don't do bits. Okay. All right, Brady's just going to end. Just gonna end it. There was a nope. time just... that I thought that I'd do a bit. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week we had a very special guest, His Golden Messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Office Hours Live. It's time for The Cause. We rate films uh, not based on how much we liked it, but whether or not they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. If we feel like it fully helps the cause, we give it a black fist. If we feel like it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we feel like it didn't really help the cause at all, we don't give it anything.
<laughs> on the count of three, we will um, raise our ratings for this film. One night in Miami. Two nights in Miami. Three nights in Miami. No. <laughs> oh my God, shut up. Shut up. Yes, shut up. come on. Black Fist. Black Fist. All right. We gave Black it six Black Fists. All of us put up two. <laughs> Yeah, seven. <laughs> Melissa, she gave one. I know. I saw it in her eyes. I saw she it gave in her two. Heart. Yeah, gonna... Eight black fists. She gave it two. She gave it two. Eight black fists. <laughs> so, I will yeah, go I first. Mean, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, this movie's great. Stars for <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I this movie's great. Like black woman, a black woman directed it. A black man wrote it. Like full black dudes talks about like black civil rights and activism. It's like four black icons. The performances are great. Like what? Yo, give me more. That's of it. This. I ain't got oh, nothing else to say. I will say this. I will say this, this movie talked about um, black civil rights and also the the plight of black people without being overly overt and showing black oppression. And I think that is very important, I think, to me, because I think we keep getting, like, even looking at the realm, it's like Billy Holiday, America versus Billy Holiday. We have, like, a bunch of movies coming out, and I don't know what they're going to entail, but I, I hope people find more creative ways than just showing physical brutality towards black people. Um, because this movie was able to like tell us what they were going through without like Billy Club, somebody throwing something at you, like you know what I mean. It show you know it's a little bit more nuanced. So I appreciate that. Right. Um, if you rate and review us on iTunes, no, give us five stars. We'll read your review on the air. <laughs> this one is by Visionaria, number one podcast I recommend. Whenever uh -oh. somebody asks for <laughs> podcast recommendations, this is my go-to. It's hilarious, insightful, and I just. Love it. That was really nice. Thank you. Thank uh oh. You. Um, you can uh, uh, follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. We have uh, links to our merch, uh, t shirts, and pillow cases, pillows, and uh, iPhone cases. Uh, we also have a defunct Patreon. There are no more new episodes, but there's a year's worth of episodes if you want to go listen to that. Pay $5 a month, stop whenever you want. And you can follow yeah. me at jo John Braylock. I'm at James Third Comedy. Third is 3RD. You can follow me at Gerard Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Ew.